Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the personal development podcast for authors, entrepreneurs, and career professionals who are looking to level up and become unstoppable. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me as always, you know him as the super CEO, the business strategist extraordinaire, and all-around good guy, Ted Fells. Happy rainy Monday. (laughs) That's right. It is a happy and rainy Monday here in the DMV. Yeah, flood. So be safe. Don't go anywhere. Just sit still and listen to the podcast. You hear that? Did you hear that? I heard it. Yeah, this is serious. Sit still. That's what you just tell you growing up as a kid. Sit still. Listen to the podcast. You you know it's raining hard when you see the animals walking two by two. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's the bad sign. It's it's pretty pretty serious then. (laughs) We're out of here. Let's go. Let's go. It's raining hard here. That's right. It is not your every. This is not your everyday podcast, mm-hmm. as you can tell already. You know, we we do things a little differently here on the thirty minute hour. Uh, but certainly, you can watch us live. Many of you are watching us live right now on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube. Uh, we're also on Instagram on the thirty minute thirty minute hour Instagram Facebook on thirty minute hour Instagram page. You get that right. Shout out to those of you watching me on IGTV. Uh, and then later, this uh, gets recorded, and you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all of those places where you like to listen to podcasts. We're there. You'll find us. <laughs> Erica, I'm looking at the screen of, like, you know, like, Urban and I, we're like at the same level. It's like you're sitting on the floor or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's, why you seem like you're sitting so low? It, it, it's the new look I'm going for. Thank, <laughs> you for <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out to our audience. <laughs> Especially those, those people that, that'll be listening to this. They, 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 they would have never they known. They won't know. Right. But they'll be able to, they'll be able to tell. I right, could be sitting on the floor. And the people <laughs> listening to this on Apple Podcasts would never know about it. But thank you for telling that, Ted. But these that are looking at it. Let's see. Let's see. Let's it, see. Is that better? That's much better. Right. Yeah, much better. Okay. A- anything else we need to know before I... No, but I'm watching. I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. That's good. All right, so don't forget about the What Now Movement, right? Go to the What Now Movement Facebook group. Remember why we started the What Now Movement? We wanted to inspire people to pivot and not just stop and say, I'm going to wait until things get back to normal. You You have to ask yourself the question, what now? What can I do now? What can I do to move this thing forward now? But check out the What Now Movement. Go to the group. Make sure you join. Today is Marketing Monday, so make sure you share your, your business in there as well. Ted? Yes, sir. People need to share the show. Share the show. Absolutely. Share the show. You know, our goal for this is we want you to laugh, we want you to learn, and then ultimately we want you to level up. And hopefully by the end, you'll feel like we've accomplished that. But definitely make sure you share the show and don't <laughs> keep what Irvin's going to share with us a secret. Uh, we, we need to spread that word around. Now, Ted. Boy, you threw a curveball on me, man. I, <laughs> okay, so let me, let, me, let me do what we normally do when you do that. Yeah. Yes, Eric. I've got something that's on my mind. Please share, Eric. All right. So I want to talk to you about becoming a master of persuasion. Mm -hmm. That's right. Becoming a master of persuasion. And so this has everything to do with our guest and what he's going to be talking about today, his area of expertise. 
But back in the day, I was I was shopping for a new car, right? So, so the plan, I was going to get a car that I could just drive until the wheels come off. That, that was my initial plan, right? So, so first I stopped at the Honda dealer, right? And the salesman told me all about the affordable price and the superior fuel economy. And I'm test driving it. It's a Honda Accord EX, I remember. It made complete sense logically. That was the car I should have gotten, but I left without buying the car, right? So next, I, I said I'll go to the Toyota dealer, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking for a car, I'm looking for something I can just drive until the wheels come off. Toyota salesman, you know, we looked at this black Toyota Camry and he told me about the smooth riding tires, how they were going to last long and grip the road and model we were riding in was ranked number one in consumer reports it made sense logically that i would just go ahead and get the camera but you know what i decided i would keep looking mm-hmm. i'm on the way home i stopped by the bmw dealership right i figured i'd just look around you know kill some time uh so i get in there with the the salesman we he convinced me to test drive this car, the BMW 325i. And he said, this is what he says. He says, man, Eric, imagine how the lady will be looking at you when you're driving in this BMW. So this may shock you, Ted, but I decided to get the BMW. <laughs> I'm totally shocked by that. Total shock. I'm totally shocked. But, but here's the thing. So, so later... When, when people ask me, hey, so you know, how'd you decide on that car? Why'd you get the car? I, I told them, well, you know, it, it does handle well on the highway. It's got a good ABS brake system. And, and it, it, BMW is really durable. That's what I told people. And, and, and that kind of gets to the takeaway of this story. And has everything to do with Urban's going to share. This is really important. Th- this is where we need your undivided attention. And I, I get it. I know that. You listen to us while you're driving, but we really need you to pull over to the side of the road right now. If you're in the DMV right now, it's it's raining right this second. Um, so <laughs> it doesn't get time to pull over to the side of the road. Now, we have people that you listen to us in the gym. This is the opportunity where you need to just press pause on the treadmill. Ted, anything else that good people should do? Irvin, this is where you got to put the ham sandwich down. If you got a ham sandwich now, no matter how good it is, lettuce, tomato, cheese, man, it's time to put it down because it's about to get good right now. Put the ham sandwich down. We need your undivided attention because you need, if you can understand what I'm about to say, you can. Oh, that's the first step. What I'm about to say, what I'm about to share, if you understand this, it's really the first step to becoming a master of persuasion. Coming to master of persuasion, here we go. People make emotional decisions that they justify with logic. Mm-hmm. Very important. I learned the expensive way. <laughs> but people make emotional decisions that they justify with logic. It's not about the facts and the features. It's really about keying in on that emotion. And being emotionally intelligent can keep you from making expensive mistakes and help you to understand the art of, of persuasion. And, and that's really where our guest comes in today. Luckily for us, we, our guest is an expert in emotional intelligence, and he helps people to increase their influence. Uh, he also helps people to harness the power of their emotions so they can have deeper connections and make better decisions. He's an internationally recognized trainer and a top-rated speaker, and he's one of the few worldwide certified FACS coders, F-A-C-S coders, and he's an expert in reading facial emotions. So he has a certification in being able to read your facial, read your face and tell what your emotion is. We got to talk about that. Because I have to imagine that's a useful skill to have. (laughs) Right, right. I know what you think. I know what you're thinking. Right. Look at it. I know exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> it's written all over your face. You don't That's have to it. say a word. 
I heard that somewhere before. All right. He's a gifted storyteller. <laughs> his programs are infused with passion, dynamism, and of course, his natural Irish humor. He's the author of Leadership Lessons from the Pub. Please join me in welcoming to the 30-Minute Hour podcast, Irvin Nugent. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Ted. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Absolutely. It's an honor to have you on the show. So for the benefit of our, our followers, those that are watching and ultimately listening to this, can you give us a definition of emotional intelligence and, let, and talk about why it's so critical to success? So I, when I go around trying to explain what emotional intelligence is, he, here's what I think a really practical way of explaining it is. Uh, emotionally intelligent people can do four things. First of all, they can read themselves. They know what emotions they're feeling in the moment. They know what's triggered them. And they can feel that in their bodies and know and name the emotion. They're able to manage themselves. So it's one thing knowing all that stuff. But if you need tools to manage how you want to express that emotion or manage that emotion, then you're able to read others. So are you able to read what's on their faces? We already talked about that a little bit. But And do we have empathy to actually connect with people? And then the final thing is they're able to engage others. So why is this all important? Is because we can engage and we can have connections, we can deal with conflict, and we can manage others. And why is this important? Because we know from research after research that people, uh, especially when you're leading an organization or a business, et cetera, people follow leaders because of emotional connection. I mean, if you ask the simple question, talk about the most memorable leader you've met or the memorable person or mentor, you're going to name all these aspects of emotional intelligence. Well, they were compassionate. They listened to me. They challenged me. They supported me. All of these have to do with emotional intelligence. And so, yes, you have to have a certain amount of intelligence. Yes, you have to have some technical skills to get you in the door. But if you want to be successful in leadership or business, emotional intelligence will take you to the next level. So just curious, so what's the right percentage if you had to say, you know, the, the balance between your IQ, just your traditional intelligence and EQ? So like what, what percentage is best kid? Like is it 50-50 or what, what do you think the right percentage is there? You know, it's a tough question because I think it, it it's, it's not always, um, you know, there's no such thing as using your IQ without your EQ. There's no such thing about, you know, I work sometimes with scientists and they say, oh, I just want to be a logical thinker, all logic. And I say, well, that's great, but that's not how we're made as human beings. So there's no there's no way to kind of divorce emotions from intellect, et cetera. I think it's it's so I, I, I couldn't really come with a percentage. I just say they're integrally connected together. Yeah. OK, so, so what were some of the life experiences that inspired you to choose this as a topic? So I, um, I'm from Northern Ireland, and I, my generation, I was born in the late 60s, and we are called children of the Troubles. And the Troubles, which we refer to, is the fact that in the late 60s, Northern Ireland descended into really something short of civil war. And it, it factioned two different sides. There was a lot of uh, violence, and that was the background of growing up. I grew up literally with that um, happening around me. And we owned a pub, and we lived above the pub. When I was six, uh, we lost uh, the pub and our home in a terrorist bombing. Uh, it literally blew us up. And uh, thankfully, uh, myself, my parents, and my four sisters survived. We, we were fine. Um, and, uh, but we lost everything. We were literally left with the clothes on our back. And um, you know, my memory of that is my dad holding me, watching the burning building. And he raises his fist and he says, watch me build again. Mm. And, and that resilience. You know, a week later after the bombing, um, if you had been there, you know, one side you have got the burning pub or the embers of that. And then the other side, you've got a tent, you've got music, you've got people having uh, fun. And it was just this, this perfect response. And, uh, and I think, you know, that placed within me this curiosity about why do humans do what they do? What makes us resilient? How do we make connections? So my whole life has been a response to that. And, uh, and through that, I've, I've been uh, in various leadership roles, but always curious about um, emotions and how we connect with other people. 
Yeah, so he, he was interesting to me because because I think my dad would have had a similar response to yours. You know, he's very, you know, resilient and has this, this is he's always under control emotionally. So, so, so why, what is it that some people will be in that situation and it's like, I will build again. Then others, they're off the deep end. Oh my gosh, I'm ruined. What am I going to do? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's a complex question. And I think, you know, there's no simple answer to it. I think part of it is um, we all grow up with a whole resilient story. So, so we model what we see in life. And if we have models around us who, who are people that no matter what happens to them, they're able to pick themselves up. I mean, so in other words, we get we implicitly get the message, you know, that I'm going to be resilient. I also think, you know, um, it, it also the level of optimism a person has is incredibly important as well. So if we see, you know, that that um, life that, that there are things in life can change, it's not destined for one outcome that we um, have power over an outcome. Power as well is very important as well for resilience. So do we think that um, we can influence kind of the outcome? And all of those go into why some people are more resilient than others. So I mean, if you look at your environment, and you say, I have no control over that. There's nothing I can do. Then more often than not, the response is going to, it's going to be muted and, and you don't respond uh, by, by that kind of resilient response of building again. And those who feel that they do have some uh, influence over their their environment, then respond in different ways. Awesome. And, and so, if you were giving a, a commencement talk to uh, a class of uh, graduating seniors, what advice would you give them based off of your experiences? Oh well, I'd be careful. First of all, um, I would say. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I think so often, you know, in commencement speeches, it's kind of, you know, reach for the world and, 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 and explore everything. And I would just say, you know, um, let me, I, I say, as I look back in my life, I'm in my mid fifties now, I said, the, the most important journey of my life was within. And I said, I'd say to them, you know, um, always explore within. And, and the more you explore within, um, the better you'll be as a human being. And the better you'll be is in, in business and leadership. Now that that's deep. Always explore because it's it's tempting to be looking outside, you know, for the solutions. I mean, I mean so what, what are some this is kind of in line with that? I mean, what are some simple steps that people can take to raise their increase their emotional intelligence? Well, I mean, the first thing I want to say to you is there's good news. And the good news is, you know, we mentioned we started off with them with an uh, intelligence IQ. I mean, by the time you get to you get your early 20s, you've kind of reached your 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 peak of, of, of IQ. But with emotional intelligence, you can expand no matter what your age. It's a disease. Mm. So, I mean, one thing, the foundation is self-awareness. I mean, to become, you know, and, and so part of that is beginning to explore First of all, your emotions. So can you name what you're feeling? You know, very often I'll encounter people and I'll say, how are you feeling? Well, I'm angry. Well, what does that mean? I don't know, I'm angry. And, and they're not able to explain that. And so I'll say to them, I say, well, in a, a level of one to 10, where would you put it? Is it a 10 anger or a two anger? And then to be able to kind of um, explore the intensity of that emotion. What is it? So, so to begin, so I'd say the first step is begin to explore those emotions. Um, another really uh, important area is your emotional triggers. You know, very often we are emotionally triggered and by God, we're in the middle of a pandemic at the moment. And you talk about 18 months of emotional triggering, it's happening. And so to be able to, to be curious about that, it's like, well, why, why did I respond the way I did? Why did I say what I did? And, and, and is there a pattern? Because we're, we're as human beings, we're, we're creatures of habit and pattern. So is this occurred before in my life? So I think, you know, that mindset of curiosity is, is how you begin increasing your emotional intelligence. Be curious about yourself and be curious about other people. So, so what are, you mentioned something that's very interesting I want to explore. You mentioned, you know, being aware of your emotional triggers. Mm -hmm. What are some of the common, as you work with people, what are some of those common emotional triggers that send people the wrong way? So, you know, I, I coined a word and the word is trigger print. I said, you know, in our, our fingerprints, we know we've got a fingerprint. We know that everyone's fingerprint is different. It's also our trigger print. Our triggers are, are, are different. Now, we all have some similar ones. So like 
like if we see a snake, a lot of us are going to be like fearful, et cetera. Or if we're in like a Disney ride and the ride, you know, one of those rides that raises and then all of a sudden it drops, most of us will be surprised or terrified. But then there's also unique triggers. You know, um, I was working with a client um, a few months ago and one of her triggers was that when someone talked over her in a meeting, she shut down, totally shut down. And, and, and we explored that. And, you know, we explored that that was part of the lesson she learned in the dining room table. Don't speak, be silent. And, and so we carry these patterns. Um, so in, org- in business and organizations, let me give you some of the most popular ones. Uh, things like, if you mention two words, budget cuts. Oh man, is that a trigger for so many people? And people will begin to make up stories about what this, my job's on the line, this, that, and the other. So, so that's a trigger for some people. Um, being left out of the loop. Um, and all of a sudden they're happening and all of a sudden you catch wind of it. Oh, that can be a real trigger for people. Uh-huh. Boss's mood, you know, um, I remember my first job out of college was in the foreign office in, in the UK. And, um, uh, they always told me, said, if you want to be successful in this job, you've got to befriend Sally. She's the secretary. She knows everything. And, uh, I would go in one morning and, and Sally would kind of give the thumbs up or the thumbs in. No idea what she meant. And really what it meant was the bosses come in in a good mood or the boss mm-hmm. come in bad mood. And that would impact behavior, you know? So, so there's, there's lots of very common triggers in organizations and we respond emotionally to them and it impacts how we function in that organization. Yeah, you know, that, that's, that's good stuff. I think just that, if people could really start to pay attention to their emotional tr- triggers. I would think that it would help to have a mentor or a coach, somebody to really point out. That they, I don't know. Is that something a lot of people can really pick up on their own? Well, I mean, you know, the good, well, the good and the bad. Say the bad and the good thing. So very often, when it comes to triggers, we begin to learn about our triggers when we actually mess up and we either say something we regret or we do something we regret. Now, most people just kind of chalk that up and they never explore it. But here's the opportunity. The opportunity is, okay, I said something I, I really regret. I shouldn't have said that. And then what your next question should be is, well, why did I do that? What mm. triggered me to do that? And then the next question after that is, have I done that before? And if I had, was it the same trigger? So really, you know, part of it is this ability to be curious and to take examples um, because what we're doing is we're building up the ability, therefore, to uh, see those patterns and change those patterns. Now, a mentor is also good. You know, um, a mentor, say, in a workplace that's honest enough to say to come to you and say, you know what, you kind of said something in that meeting and it wasn't good. Or people people kind of reacted badly. Did you notice that? But sometimes we're not even aware. So having kind of a person that's open and honest with you enough to say that can be really good. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. So, so, so here's what's interesting. So you're one of the few people on the planet who is certified in reading facial emotions. Fact <laughs> certified. Yeah. Talk about that. So, so how do, how does one become certified in reading facial emotions? So facts is facial action coding system. Back in the 60s and 70s, every single muscle, there's 42 sets of muscles in the face. All of those were studied and their movements were studied. And then we realized that certain configurations of those uh, movements uh, signaled uh, the expression of emotions. And we know there are seven universal emotions. So they are surprise, uh, they are fear, they are anger, disgust, contempt, happiness, and sadness. And we can learn to read those emotions. Now, we can learn to read those emotions whenever a person is trying to to express them to me. So say, Eric, we're in a conversation. I'm angry at something you've said, and I want you to know I'm angry. Then I'll I'll give you an angry emotion. You'll be able to read it. But here's what's great as well, is that our emotions happen so quickly. By the time that we are conscious, we're having that emotion. Already, they're beginning to show in our face. And so then we say, oh, my God, I don't want Eric to know that I'm angry. And so I try and suppress it, but it already leaks out. And so we can be trained to even read those emotions which leak out. So even if you're trying to hide a certain emotion from me, I'm able to pick that up and read it. And so part of that process is, first of all, becoming aware of those emotions. There are, there are not that many. There's a few courses out there where you can study the facts uh, course. It's 600, the manual is 600 pages. 
and it gets mm. in pretty deep. And then the, the certification exam is 20 videos where you have to code every single movement on a person's face as they begin to speak and, and uh, talk about how, um, how deep the emotion moves, what's the intensity of the muscle that's moving. I just think I mean, that, that is like a useful skill to have. To really be able to tell what's going on with the person in spite of what they're saying. So, so talk about a time where you successfully used your uh, facial reading skills. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and I agree with you, Eric. I mean, you know, we learn all these things in school, but no one ever thinks about learning, like, let's learn some emotional intelligence. Do you think that might be a good skill for, for kids and for adults? But uh, I'll give you a great example. I was leading an organization. Um, I was having a team meeting. And um, I had to um, uh, move up a, a, a deadline for a delivery. Mm. And uh, I'm looking out. And so what I heard with my ears was, yes, that's fine. What I saw with my eyes, however, was something different. I saw two people flashing before me uh, fear, uh, emotions of fear. Now, I don't know why they're afraid. I know that they're fearful. That's one of the and so in my mind then is, okay, things are not right here. I'm hearing the word yes, but I know when people are feeling a little bit differently. And so I just said, you know, okay, let's just stop here. Talk to me a little bit about how you feel about that deadline. Is that deadline doable? Have you any concerns about the deadline? So if I just kind of go where everyone said, yes, everything's fine, it would be one thing. But being able to kind of look at people's faces and really see some of the true emotions coming out, I'm able to ask them extra questions and really get to the bottom of what people are really thinking and feeling. Wow. So, so let me ask you this, Urban. Um, now with everything that's going on uh, the past year or so with the kind of the virtual environment, right? Like everything is, you know, we're doing a bunch of, you know, Zoom, Teams and all of that. And then you have those folks out there to say, I'm going to have my camera on, right? They don't want to have the camera on. So then, you know what? What do you do then, as a as a leader, other than demand that everybody has a camera on so you can at least see their faces? What do you, What do you do then? Yeah, I said it's a great question. I tell you, as a trainer, there's nothing demoralizing than training a room with with no faces. I mean, you're like, give me feedback, give me feedback. Right, but right. The uh, so there are five there. Are, you know, there are five channels of communication, five data flows that we're reading. Um, we're reading facial expression, which I've just talked about. We're reading body language. We're also reading the voice, which is the tone, the pitch of a voice. We're verbal content, the words that we're using. And then the flow. How's the conversation flowing? So if you switch off a camera, you've already lost two. You've lost facial expression. You've lost body language. So you can still, if you're a student enough, um, really kind of like, what words are they using? What's the flow like? Um, am I noticing any changes in the baseline? But um, it's so much easier to have those other two channels as well. So I, I mean, I would if I was a, if I was a business owner or a leader, I would mandate that cameras on. That I'm sorry, yeah. that's part. You know, if you come, to, you don't come to a meeting with a bag over your head. You know, that's not, my feelings exactly. Yeah. So you know, it's not but, it's not option. It's, it's not, not optional. optional. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and, and, and just let me throw in a little bit of a science here as well. I think part of the reason we have Zoom fatigue is that something's happening that is very unnatural when we're on a Zoom call or when any platform we use. And that is we are looking at ourselves communicating. And that's mm -hmm. unnatural because in a nice. normal conversation, I look at you and, and I don't see myself. There is actually a setting in Zoom. I'm not sure about other platforms where you it's not turning off your camera, but you can actually uh, turn off you seeing yourself. Oh, and I boy. find that is so helpful because you don't get mixed up in just focusing on yourself and what you're saying and, and everything you're doing. You really focus on the other people. Wow. That's a great point. So yeah, finding the setting where you cannot see yourself. Yes. You can focus on what's actually going on in the meeting. Totally. And then you get a little panic because like everyone goes, oh, my God, I want to see what I look like. I want to see. But it, it, it will, I, I guarantee it will improve your communication. Wow. So so what can, you know, I, I kind of opened up with the story where, you know, people make these emotion-based decisions. And we do this in different areas of our life and end up with things that we regret. 
because you know it was we made the decision when it was a certain emotion, and then yeah. now the emotions passed, and we're like, you know, I don't, I don't want that. That, that's I don't know what I was thinking. So, so what, what steps can people take to get better at that? Well, Eric, I was laughing inside of me because that decision happened to me. So when I first moved to the U.S., uh, that decision for me was a Mercury Cougar when it should have been a Nissan Sentra. But that's okay. That's a whole other story. Uh, so I, I own that story that you have. Um, it's a great. It's a great. So so uh, first of all, there is no there is no such thing as not making a decision that doesn't have an emotional component. Mm-hmm. We are fooling ourselves if we think we are. Now, this is where self-knowledge becomes very important in any dis- any decision that we're making. So first of all, um, we need to know, um, what, we need to kind of feel, why am I making this decision? What emotions are happening within me? And sometimes emotions can make a decision, make, make a decision too soon, impulse. So this is exactly what happened to both of us with that car. It was an impulse decision. And then sometimes, you know, our emotions, fear of making a decision can make us the other way. And when how many people in business should be making a decision, but they, they put it off because they're afraid or, or they might mm-hmm. conflict. So emotion comes in there. So I think part of it is, is to really catch ourselves and to be able to ask some great questions. Like, is this an impulse decision? Why am I? And, and would I, would I be able to walk away from this decision? And could I? Could I give myself an hour away, et cetera? And, and just to challenge ourselves to do that, because sometimes that as well can shed light. But that ability to kind of really catch yourself in the moment and to know what's happening is incredible. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, because like one of the things I try to do like now is I, I don't like making major decisions like that, like in the, at the same time. Like let's say we're looking at looking for a house or yeah. uh, I, I try to give it, the whole 24 you know sleep on, well, sleep on it sleep on it yeah yeah because, because i've just learned some people are really good at really connecting the to your oh. emotion yeah 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 and i always find as well as is eric one of the things that helps me is because I, i'm pretty i can be impulsive you know as emotionally intelligent as i am i get caught up in it just like everyone else yeah but one of the things that's helped me is a plan of action if i can kind of visualize what, what, so how's this experience going to be and kind of like, and then almost to see yourself as I will get the data and then I will, I will walk away or whatever. It doesn't mean it's always going to happen, but I think if you go in with a plan and go in with how, how you see it on only, it can be much better. Hmm. Well, excellent. I think, I think we just helped somebody. I think there's somebody that might be listening to it from the BMW dealership right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, nothing, not that there's anything wrong with the BMW. No. It's a great car, but I'm just, great car. yeah. yeah. Yeah, the dealer just switched off the uh, the Facebook feed. You know, I think. (laughs) Cut this off. Cut this off. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So so you're the author of Leadership Lessons from the Pub. So first off, how did you come up with that title? So I I, I introduced, you know, my part of my story is I grew up in a pub. And, uh, you know, I've been listening. I'm working with a lot of leaders and business owners and, uh, and coaching. And I, I say, you know, what, what am I hearing? And here's what I hear is like, how do I make the workplace a place where people want to be in? How do I attain good talent? How do I prevent turnover? Um, how do I create uh, an experience where people feel they belong? Because that's when we know they're going to perform the best. And so when I thought about those questions, I thought, you know, the pub has been doing it for hundreds of years. Here we have this place where, at least in Ireland and England, people voluntarily go. It's a unique place because it's a very flat place. So, you know, the CEO can talk to the fisherman or the farmer and there's no errors or graces. It's a place where there's vulnerability. People tell their their war stories, you know, kind of what happened today. And they don't feel they have to kind of put on this like, oh, they just say this is really what happened. In fact, there's a great saying in Ireland, you know, if it wasn't for pubs, we would need to double the population of psychologists and psychiatrists. You know, so people go there and they, they, you know, they pour out their heart. It's a place of storytelling, a place of belonging. And so the book is really about what are some of these, these lessons that I, I saw, observed, and learned, and how do we apply them to business? And how do we apply them to our leadership? So the book is kind of comes with different lessons of, that leaders can use to become more emotionally intelligent themselves and to create more emotionally intelligent workplaces. Awesome. So, so what are some of the key lessons? That people will walk away with. Yeah, yeah. So here's some of the lessons. Like lessons number one, you get it's a power that that people often forget. You get to set the tone. 
that we've been living for 18 months in, an, in, in a, a virus that it's invisible and people are like, oh my God, I, I have to do this, that, and the other. Well, we have, since the early days in our emotions, we also can catch other people's emotions. And to be very conscious of that and deliberate in what emotions am I stowing today? And we know that a leader or head of an organization has special power and people look to this person and they're feeding off that person. And so what are we feeding them with? Are we feeding with our fear, with our anxiety? Are we fearing them with, with our hope or our optimism? All of that's been caught. And to think that it's not, we're fooling ourselves. And so that all trickles down. And so to have that deliberate, to know exactly what we're feeling. Um, second one is, is, is one with trigger print, knowing how do we find what our emotional triggers are and then to interrupt the trigger, that, that we are not destined to respond in a certain way. We can change that pattern. Uh, becomes really important. Another one that I, I talk a little bit about is storytelling. You know, I think that we, um, like storytelling is at the core of being human. And you talk about emotion, you know, if you want to connect emotionally with people, then use a story. And so I think that that leaders and businesses don't use storytelling enough because it's a way of really encapsulating what they want to convey and to connect emotionally with others. No, that, that's great. Great point. So you get to set the tone. Uh, what are your emotional triggers? And using storytelling, uh, kind of the key lessons there. And I think this is just, talk about this. I mean, I, I think in today's working climate, it's more important than ever. Because it seems like, you know, back in the day, people would be more tolerant of a bad boss, a bad work environment. Where today, you know, another job is another Mouse click away, basically. Absolutely. Let's talk about how it's more critical now. Oh, it totally. Well, it absolutely is so critical. And you know, um, if people, you know, there's there's a statistic out there that that uh, I think it's seventy one percent of people leave jobs because of a bad boss. Imagine that. And we know that the most expensive uh, item in any business is recruitment. And then try in this environment to get recruits. I mean, many businesses just can't even surface anyone. So to lose someone is even critically more important now. And so if you have people, a bad boss or someone that's just uh, toxic, then that is costing an organization an uncountable amount, not only of, of, of money, but, but also of, of energy, uh, et cetera. So it, it is more critical now. We, we need... We need people who are able to connect with other people, create spaces that people want to belong in. Wow. Absolutely. Mm. Leadership lessons from the pub. I mean, yeah. even if you're just leading yourself, you need to go out and get yeah. this book. I mean, it's, yeah. what he just shared is, is the key thing. And I just see so many people just lack that emotional intelligence piece or lack that whole empathy and, and really miss out on a lot of opportunities, even though they've got a lot of other things going for them. So I, this is just so important. Run out, make sure you get this book. So we're actually, we're at the part of the show where we're, we're going around the horn, right? This, this is, Urban, this is Ted's favorite part of the show. This is where, <laughs> this is where each of us, we, we take time to leave that closing thought kind of based off of the theme of what we've been talking about that we want people to remember. So, so Urban, we'll start with you. You're the guest of honor. What is your closing thought that you want people to remember? So my closing thought is, I want to go back to one of those lessons in, in that we have a choice each and every day to what mood and emotion we want to sow. And part of that is to make that a deliberate choice. Don't leave that to chance. Mm. So make some chance. Check in with yourself one or two times a day and just say, you know, what's, what's the mood I'm sowing now? If someone comes in contact, if someone's in my presence now, what am I giving off? What are they catching from me? And if we're not happy with that, then we get a choice to change that. And, and, what, and then say, so what, what do I want to say? And I think if we're more deliberate, you know, we live in crazy times. It's so busy. Um, we're hurried. We're rushed. But to take that gift of just even a few seconds to check in with ourselves can have immense impact in the world. 
Fantastic. No, that's great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, you just dropped all kinds of nuggets that I think can really help people. So now yeah. that's all. Yeah, I, th I think what he said is what I'm about to say is going to sound pretty similar to what he just said. So I was sitting there thinking, I was like, wow, right? So, you know, earlier, Irvin, you mentioned, I think you said it was like four areas. You said uh, that uh, you need to be able to read yourself, uh, manage yourself, read others with empathy, and then uh, engage with others. You know, and it's interesting as I was listening to that and as a, a leader, I've had situations where I've had other leaders within the company and it's like, oh man, you know, everyone, you know, everyone just uh, likes Ted or everyone just listens to Ted or sides with Ted. And I'm just like, well, it's not like they just pick me over you, right? It's like, you know, I'm, you know, I try to get, you know, get an understanding of their feelings, right? I try to empathize with them, right? I, I try to be positive. Right. You know, because they're coming to me with whatever it is, like you're with these people like all day. Right. Like so they have family situations, things with, you know, you know, just financial concerns, just whatever. And just showing that, you know, that you care about those things. Right. And then just, you know, just being able to manage, you know, just really manage your yourself and like what you're going through. Mm. Right. Because everybody kind of I think it's a. So it's sort of like, I guess, like if I'm like a, a candle. Right. And there's all these other candles like my my fire. Right. You know, if it's a positive fire, it's a positive fire that's going to go throughout all these other candles. But if it's not positive, then, you know, it just causes all kind of craziness. So people are watching you as a leader and how you deal with situations, how you deal with the situation when you don't win the contract, how you deal with the situation when you, you know, uh, you know, you have a, a challenging employee, how you deal with these situations. I think it's really, it's really critical in just being a good leader. It's just how you can, you know, deal with the, uh, you know, with the emotional intelligence. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think, and I think it's something that you can, you know, that you can learn. I think you can learn, I think you can get better at it, but I think you have to kind of, it's not just about you. Right. If it's just about you, then you're, you know, you know, I'm just going to express what's on my on my mind. Or I'm I'm upset when I come in the office, you know, you know, Ted's on fire. Right. Like if that's what you if that's what you want. And that's, what, you know, then, you know, you don't care if everybody's walking around on eggshells. I mean, that's something for you. But if you want it to be, you know, a situation that's truly engaging with your your team, no matter what it is. Right. I think whether it's a. Uh, you know, within a company or sports or whatever, I'm thinking any of the great leaders, they're able to, you know, to to do that. You can, you know, throw cheers around only but so much. Yeah. You know, so, mm. but def definitely, uh, definitely thank you for that. Mm. No, great points, Ted. Now, you, it's, people take their lead from you. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's why you've had, Ted, that's why you've had the success you've had and that people that are drawn to you. So now that's, that's awesome. Great point. So, so my, my around the horn and urban, you just, you just confirmed something I've been really feeling here lately. Right. I just, based on the last couple of guests we've had, just some of the things you've said, I've really been feeling, I'm thinking there's more and more of that, like your success has everything to do with the questions you ask yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm just seeing that more and more, whatever question, mm -hmm. it depends on the question you ask yourself, right? So yeah. you about being self-aware, I mean, you hit it a couple of times, Irvin, you talked about, hey, so what am I feeling right now? Yeah. You know, am, am I being influenced by emotion? Am I, so you start just asking yourself these questions, especially mm -hmm. when you're in, you know, you're, you're about to make a major investment, you're about to make a major decision. You know, asking yourself those questions, or, or even if you're running into one of those negative triggers, what, what's triggering me right now? Yeah. Mm. You know, I think if, if we can just get good at asking ourselves the right questions, I think we can go to the next level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That, so, that, that was good, eh? <laughs> yeah, that was good. And I know you're, you know, you, you know, yeah, that, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Urban really has, has kind of shined the light on that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I just think that 
and, and I, I've seen these studies that say a lot of these illnesses really tie back to your emotions. They call it mm. psychosomatic, is what they call it. A lot of yep. times you get, you get headaches and all those other things, but it really because your emotions are off balance. Like, mm. So, yeah. I mean, really, it has everything to do with your health, right? Everything. If you do it, what Urban is suggesting here today, you go get his book. I mean, you, you could be healthier than normal. So, but, uh, but Urban just seems like a guy that just got it, though. Like, he just seems so calm, so easy. <laughs> like, 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 I want to see a mad Urban. Like, 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 what's a mad Urban like, Urban? Oh, mad Urban. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I rarely, you know, I, I take this disposition after my father. Um, mm. My father was a very calm, uh, but boy, when he lost it, it was not pretty. That's it. That's it. Me, yeah. When I when I lose it, it's not pretty, you know. Yeah. And it's, it, yeah. I, I it can be very, um, yeah. And I have and I have lost. I've regretted things that I've said. I, I absolutely. But and I've I've learned. So I'm. Um, um, I, I I mean one of you know, kind of, I'm, I'm quick to anger sometimes if someone mm. and anger, that emotion of anger, you know, the, the cause of it is when someone gets in the way of one of your goals and someone mm. gets in the way of you, that's when boy, some anger comes. And I remember, you know, once from my 50th birthday, talk about BMWs, I got a birthday gift, which was to go down to Spartansburg and South Carolina to go to the BMW factory there to drive car around the track. And, you know, for me, whoa, the best ever. Yeah. And I go to the airport. And at this stage, I've been traveling a lot, you know? And uh, so I was kind of one of the elite statuses. And so Bing Bong, my name gets called. And I said, oh my God, I'm going to be upgraded. This is just amazing. So I go, this poor woman, God bless her. She's like behind and she says to me, you know, I'm very sorry to tell you, but your flights, uh, the incoming flight's not coming and your flight's being, uh, uh, being delayed and you're not going to make it there. And I just lost it. I mean, I started like, you know, what do you mean? Don't you know who I am? All these like stuff. Like, oh my God. And, uh, and so everything that you've been holding, everything that you've been holding up, you know, what do you mean? You know, and so someone taps me, a person I was traveling, taps me in the, in the shoulder and says, look, 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 she, she, she's actually worked out a plan. So this poor woman had actually found a solution to the problem, but I wasn't listening. I was so triggered in my anger, which is normal. As it happens, everything you hear just justifies that. And so it is, you know, and, and I'm, you know, Eric brought up the whole thing. I think there are two, two mindsets that are important. One is curiosity. That's where the question comes. But you know the other one? The other one is, is, is humility. Mm. And it's just the humility to know that some days you have good days and other days they're just not good. And some yes. days, you know, the emotions just get and you, you do say things and you regret them. And the thing is just to be quick to realize that and to make a man. And, yeah. and uh, as human beings, that's just part of being human. And it's a wondrous thing to have those emotions and, and just to be humble to know that. And no matter how sophisticated you think you are, at times the emotions will always get the better. Wow. And I, was, I, and I know earlier you mentioned something. You were I guess, speaking to someone and you asked them to quantify it, like yeah. on a scale of one to 10. Yeah. I find myself doing that all the time because you'll, you'll talk to someone you'll be like, you know, you're okay to be like, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. Okay, well, mm -hmm. well, you know, what does that mean on a, you know, scale, of, you know, zero to 10? Oh, it's like a two. Oh, okay, well, you, well you're, not, you're not really okay, you know, but it, but I think that helps sometimes just to yeah. kind of get it because sometimes people don't know how to kind of explain what they're feeling or they choose not to. But I realize that most cases, they won't say that they're like a, a 10 good if they're not. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, it, it's good because, you know, we make assumptions, you know, we hear words and we think, oh, I know what they're thinking. And I was like, no, we really don't know. And so it's only when you kind of tease it out a little bit more and say, oh, OK, um, it's not what I thought it was. That, and that's another good one that, you know, I know, Eric, I know we, <laughs> we get to the end of the show, but this is getting good. You know, when people, you know, a lot of times they'll be talking about someone and they'll try to say what that person is feeling. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, well, this is what he means, or this is why she did this, or why he did that. And I'm like, I mean, I'm like, do you even know that person? Like, you, it could be someone that's a celebrity. I can't believe he did that, or she was thinking that. I'm like, when have you even met that person? Like, you know anything about that person? Be able to know how they deal with whatever, right? You only know what you know. Yeah. 
And if you don't know, if you don't really know them, you don't really know them to know how they, you know, what's their triggers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and we, and talk about, we, we are natural storytellers. So when there's ever a gap in any information, boy, do we know how to fill it in. To fill it and in. We'll make up all these stories, you know, and, and we're lucky if any of it's based in reality. And, That's and it. we believe it. It's our story, yeah. you know, and we just have to yeah. be so careful when we're doing that. Yeah. Cause we think, I think we all often think that it has to add up. It has yeah. to add up to us. Yes. And, and, you know, it adds up to us, then it's okay. No, good stuff. No, this, this is a great conversation. So, 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 Urban, how can people best connect with you? Uh, yeah, there's there's a few things that, that may be of interest. Uh, one is a uh, YouTube channel. I, I come out with a YouTube video every Wednesday, which is educational. And it's all about an aspect of emotional intelligence. So if people are curious and want to learn a little bit more. I bring up all different topics that are going on in the workplace. So just uh, my name on YouTube and you'll see the channel. Subscribe and uh, it'll be a little educational moment for you every week. And then my website, uh, urbannugent.com. There's actually a little course that I've created, a free course uh, called uh, Emotional Intelligence Roadmap, which kind of brings you through the principles and gives you some practical exercises. And you can get that at urbanmugent.com forward slash gift. And so those are probably the two biggest ways to connect with me and also expand a little bit of your education if you've enjoyed kind of and you're curious about emotion. Wow. Sir, again, thank you for sharing what you said. Uh, I, I just think this can truly, if embraced, this can truly be a game changer for people if they really start focusing more on emotional intelligence and becoming self-aware and asking themselves the questions uh, like you mentioned today. So thank you once again for sharing that with us, our audience. And once again, we told you this is not your everyday podcast. Uh, so now you see why we say that. Yeah. But don't forget to share the show. Share the show. Share it. See, Irvin, I, I've got to wait for him to lean in and say that. <laughs> Sometimes the lean is faster than others, so you got to build it up. Share the show. <laughs> but uh, make sure you share the show. Again, hopefully we helped you to laugh. We hope you to learn and ultimately help you to level up. This is a critical topic, this idea of emotional intelligence. This has been a fantastic episode of the 30 Minute Hour Podcast. Wow. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, have a great day.